Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Don't turn your faith loose. Hold on to the Word. And keep that this last statement in mind. God is the God that restores. Amen. Now, um, I went to one, many years ago, I was meditating on that word, the word restore in there. And, uh, uh, and if you just remove the word re, uh, there are things stored up for you. So not only are things being restored, there are things stored up for you that you still haven't acquired yet. Still hasn't manifested. Oh, maybe you lost 10 things, but I I guarantee you that there's thousands of stuff still waiting for you to reap. And you don't have room enough to receive it, so it'll have to go to you and your children and your children's children. It'll have to go all the way through that. And and people are going to start reaping and benefiting from all aspects of life and, and everything that we're doing. I mean, that's just the way it operates. That's how, that's how God operates. God is an awesome God. All right, so let's go over, if we will, to the uh, Gospel of Luke, the 17th chapter. I want to deal with something in, and uh, uh, very specifically, and that is uh, in regards uh, to us where faith and thanksgiving come into play. Our or for years back, remember when the Spirit of the Lord gave me a, 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 a statement regarding this, and he said that your attitude uh, of gratitude determines your servitude. Not talking about to God, but your attitude has a lot to do with your gratitude. And attitude and gratitude go together. How grateful are you? How 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 grateful are you to to uh, uh, to what, what all the things that God's done for you? I don't think there's any of us in here. If you've been saved more than a month, there's no way that you that you could sit there and say to say to me, God had done one thing for me. Every one of you've got something that you know God's done. Maybe you've not experienced something which you would classify as major. But anything God does is major because it's God. Because it's God. I mean, uh, you, you and I stopped to think about this. When God was God and before he said light be, before he created the heavens and the earth, before he created anything, God was just God being God. And did you know he, there, that uh, there, was, there was not healing before that? You know why? God never got sick. Healing was, is never for him. Health was not for him. He lives in a, in, a, in a realm just called divine life. Divine life in itself can never be violated with a disease or an infection. And that's why he gave you life. He had the son had life. He gave you life and the life on the inside of us, the spirit man. Now our body is subject to this natural world. And since the fall, it's, it ages, and when it ages, it's become susceptible to natural things. 
unless you keep applying forcibly faith to it. Amen. Now, there may be in the natural, uh, in, in your body, in your genealogy, the DNA that's subject to a disease. But if you'll go back to when you got born again, you changed your DNA. So, therefore, you have the right to tap into that and start speaking say, and stop saying, well, in our family line, you know, great-grandma had this and, and it passed down all the women or all the men were from that. No, way. go all the way back to the cross. Jesus re- died and redeemed us from the curse of DNA infections and diseases. And we were made free. So we're redeemed from that curse of that whole scenario. So we have, all of us have, have a right to be grateful. All of us have a right to be thankful. All of us have a right to joy, to joy and then to rejoice all over again. Now, uh, let me make this statement. In Luke chapter 17, 11, we're going to get into the subject matter here. But let me start off by saying this. There is a, an awesome power uh, behind keeping your heart with thanksgiving. Because when you and I do that, we're consciously aware of God's love and we're consciously aware of the blessings of God every day. The fact that you got up today is a blessing. The fact that you got up today is a, day, is a time of rejoicing. And so we, we've got to recognize that. Now, in Luke's Gospel, uh, the, the 17th chapter, verse 11, we uh, begin to read uh, about uh, two indi- uh, ten, 10 individuals and, um, and, and you'll notice that these are ten lepers. And the ten lepers, when they associated together, these ten lepers, they, they were together primarily, and, and this, this will follow through to any statement I'll, I'll make to you here. If you are on fire for Jesus Christ, using that term, if you're hot for Jesus, if you are a, a prayer, and you are a, a, a word student, and you're endeavoring to become a, 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 somebody who's mastering the word of God for your personal life or faith, I guarantee you your friends are that way. If you are lukewarm and carnal and nonchalant, I guarantee you your friends are. Amen. I, if, I guarantee you that if you are a, if, if you've committed yourself to say, I'm in, so in love with Jesus that I'm going to stick with Jesus, do whatever i got to do with, with God, your friends are that way. Amen. But if, you, if, if, uh, if praise and worship music is Sunday and then uh, Friday, Saturday is the club, you got friends that way too. Amen. Amen. And so... Uh, and so some, you know, some of you come, sir, with the mark of the Lord Jesus, you come with a little t- stat, stamp from the club, well, yeah, that's your mark, and so you, you came with that. But now, now, no, now notice, this is important, that we got real, this is bled into the church. So let's look at what an attitude of gratitude is about, and this, the office of thanksgiving. Now let's look at this. Luke chapter 17, verse 11 makes this statement. And it came to pass... As he, now the word he in reference point, there's Jesus. And he, Jesus, uh, passed between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered into a village, now watch this, 
there met him ten men who, who were lepers who uh, stood at a distance. Now they had to. Now they just didn't stand. So you're about ready to read something in here in just a moment that, uh, that challenges our thought process. But I want you to know that this was, that what they were doing, oh, I'm going to read into it just a moment, then I'll come back to this. Uh, you're going to read about this. But this was an, uh, uh, potentially a daily, uh, a daily a- activity they did. Watch what happened. And um, they lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now listen, they lifted up their voices. What does that mean? They raised their voice loud enough so that he could hear. They stood afar off. So if Jesus was, they saw Jesus come and they stood afar off, the Bible said they lifted up their voices and, and they said, Jesus, have mercy on us. Now, part I want to get to that is this. They, as lepers, uh, something powerful happens. Now, you know, if I didn't have the microphone on right now, and I, and, I, and I was to yell just on my own physically, you'd hear me. But then if I'd ask Ben, Ben, could you come stand with me? And, and, st- and, and we're all going to yell the same thing. And then I said, Jesse, you come up. You get ten of us together, our voices get louder. And all of a sudden, it, t- it, it creates a whole different thing. And you could almost say, there's a mob. When it's one, it's not much. But you get ten people yelling. Something happens. Mindset. So Jesus was always being followed by the disciples and crowds. But they yelled out. They stood afar off and then they cried out. They lifted up their voice. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because it was by law. It was, it was required of them to scream out and have a bell with them and ring the bell and then shout unclean, unclean. They would have to yell, unclean, don't come near me. I'm unclean. Now, you got to imagine ten guys knowing I can't get leprosy from you because i got leprosy. So I'm not going to get any worse than neither are you, so we might as well hang out together. So there's ten of them dying of leprosy. Ten of them handling the stench of dying flesh. Ten of them watching each other, and then over time, watching parts of their body dissolving, fingers falling off, all this natural stuff. And then when people came by, by law, they had to scream out, unclean! Man, what a... Uh, that, that's demoralizing. To be, have to do that, that's demoralizing. And so, so they were, it wasn't like they were, un, they were unfamiliar with lifting their voice and screaming. What they were unfamiliar with doing, and what everybody was unfamiliar with, they never yelled out for a priest. They never yelled out for a Sadducee. They never yelled out for a scribe. They never yelled out for a family member. This was the first time all of them in unison saw a man, had been hearing about a man from a distance, because they couldn't get close enough to people, who were healed, who were delivered, and now this same man walking by them. So now all of them together, instead of saying unclean, are yelling, Jesus! Jesus! Have mercy on us. So lifting up their voice was not uncommon. It's what they said when they lifted their voice at this moment. It's what they said. And, and listen to what they said. Have mercy. Master, ha, have pity on us. That word pity 
is mercy. Amen. And so, uh, and when he was, when he, now listen to the close. When he saw them, he said to them. 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 Notice he didn't say when he noticed all of them with leprosy and the different stages they were in. Doesn't say that. He said he saw them. And then he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And then the Bible said it, and it came to pass. Uh, and and, uh, and the, they lifted up the voices. And he said, go show yourself to the priest. Now that's all he said. Go show yourself to the priest. Let's close. We have absolutely no idea how many years these men had leprosy. We have no idea what physical condition, because the Bible doesn't tell us exactly how the leprosy was tormenting their body, how much it decayed, how much of a, a pain they were in. We have no idea whether it was an ear, a nose, if it affected their face, their fingers, their feet. We have no idea of their natural condition. We don't know if some of them had had leprosy 15 years or 15 days. We don't know that. But to Jesus, it didn't matter. Because Jesus didn't see the leprosy. He saw people. He saw ten men. It doesn't say that, but he said when he saw them. He didn't say he saw ten lepers. He saw them. The most important thing you and I have got to recognize is that you've got to learn to see people instead of sin, condition, challenges, opposition. Learn to see people. Amen. I, now, I recognize that we, we live in a diverse society. I, I understand. But we've got to get off of looking at color of skin. We've got to get uh, what they drive, what they don't drive. Or they, do they take a bus, a train, uh, whether they walk, a bicycle. Get, get over all that. I mean, come on, you and I both know this. Most, most people don't look at somebody on a moped and wonder, I wonder who that is. But if a caravan of, of uh, cars came by and there's a, there are a bunch of Bentleys, everybody's going to say, who's in there? Man, I wonder who those, who those people are. Amen? But if ten mopeds came by, you know, that's a whole different story. Because we're curious about the pro wealth. So our minds go to that. So whether we realize it or not, we do pay attention uh, to certain things. We've got to learn to learn to pay attention to every one individual. Now, Joanne, I watched the news the other day. It just happened just a few days ago. Where a man, he should have done this. I, I get this. He should not have done this. He got out of his car, and he went to go across three lanes on his side, three lanes on this side. And he got hit by a car and died. And, and that's as tragic as that was, what occurred after was more tragic to me than the fact that the man died. Because the, the video cameras were the angle where they could see where the man got hit. And you could see the video of him getting hit. It was hit and run. Here's the tragedy. 36 cars the camera caught slow down and drive around the man. And they didn't want to get out of the car and bother. 36 people drove around the man. 
and, and left him there. One man got out and parked his car in an angle and then called 911, and they dealt, but when they arrived, the man was already deceased. He was already, already gone. We don't have any idea what his destiny is, whether he went to heaven or went to hell. We don't know that. We know the man stopped. We, we get that. And we look at that, and we go, God, how tragic. I'd have stopped. I'd have stopped. Really. How many people around you have gone to hell and you had to stop? How many people have gone, and, and you, because you don't like what they wear, you're not going to stop? Because you don't like how they look, you're not going to stop? You, you, so so you're, look, you're watching people that are spiritually dead, and you walk around them. Could you have walked around, could you have been one who walked around uh, an individual dying, crying out for help? And, and, you, and yet you didn't do anything about it? Thank God somebody reached out to me because otherwise I'd have been to hell. You know, and so, uh, you know, but thank God somebody stopped and shared with me, and that's the woman right here, Joanne. She shared the gospel with me. So, so here, here we write, and here we don't, we don't have enough. Here's, watch this. Go show yourself to the priest. Five statements. The cured leprosy. A command. Watch this. And the Bible said, and as they went, they were cleansed. I like that. And as they went, they were cleansed. And as they went, they were cleansed. That's, that means, that means it, it, it stopped. That means it, it, everything, everything stopped. The, the leprosy, right where it was at, it, they were healed of it. It no longer was in their body. The leprosy was gone. The leprosy died the moment Jesus said, Go show yourself to the priest. And all ten of them turned around and to go show themselves to the priest. The moment they did that, leprosy died. There wasn't leprosy left in their body. That meant the stench died off. All that flesh-eating disease died off. It just died. And so these ten men were now in Mobuvin. Now watch this. And verse, watch this. The next verse says, And one of them when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice. This man was not accustomed. Once again, he was, this, uh, yelling was not out of the ordinary for him. So with a loud voice, he would say, unclean. With a loud voice, he said, Jesus, have mercy on me. Now one of them said, I'm healed. He had to yell it out. He had to yell it out. The other nine people heard it. And the command was, Go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible said, but one of them, one of them, watch this. The Bible said, and one of them, when he saw he was healed, he could see it for himself. I'm healed. And the moment he said that, something triggered on the inside. I don't need no no priest. I'm going back to the man who told me to go see the priest because the moment he did that, something happened to me. And the Bible said, he returned with a loud voice, glorifying God. So he didn't wasn't glorifying God when he saw Jesus. He was glorifying God the moment he got healed. The moment he got healed. The moment he saw healing, glory to God. God is good. God is real. God is so powerful, he cured this leprosy. Had it all my life. The man spoke five words to me and cured Leprosy. Killed it. I'm healed. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now, the question would be, is it, what has God cleansed you of? 
And what prevents you from glory to God? What prevents you? Are you going to stay with the nine? Or are you going to go with the one? And the one, praise God, I'm free. Thank God, I'm free. Now watch this. Now, now watch what, this is so powerful. And watch this. He fell down on his face at his feet, meaning Jesus, giving him thanks. Now watch this. And then he throws this, and he was a Samaritan. Now, the reason that that's put in there is, is so interesting because he was a Samaritan, which means this. The other nine were not Samaritans. The other nine were men who were raised under Jewish tradition. So they understood the manifestations of God. They understood who God was. They understood the law of Moses. The Samaritan did not. The Samaritan was like the woman at the well. She was a Samaritan woman. They referred to her as a half-breed. And a half-breed, a Samaritan, was considered in their day as, as below a dog. So, but the, to the lepers, they could care less. You got leprosy, I got leprosy. We're all going to die anyway. So you might as well die with his dog. We don't care. But he was the only one that got so touched by this thing. Glory to God. And the Bible specifically wants to point out to us, and he was a Samaritan. So since he was a Samaritan, it's so significant that he didn't know all their rules and regulations. He wasn't raised in their, in their religion. He wasn't, rela- he wasn't raised in, I got to st- stick with protocol. He just, he, this guy, all I know is this. I hung out with you guys when you were sick, and we just got sicker. And your priests and your rabbis and everybody you know want nothing to do with you. When they saw us, they crossed the street. Your church folks crossed the street when they saw us. The only one that ever stopped was this Jesus. I don't know who he is. You started crying out, have mercy on us. I started saying the same thing. Have pity on us. Mercy. Have mercy on us. So obviously, he has mercy to give. I don't understand it all. I don't know. I don't, he didn't know one scripture. He didn't know the law. He didn't know the five books of the Bible. He had never been trained under any of this. But he was with five, nine guys that were. And the nine guys that were understood, I got to go to the priest. This man says, I don't, I don't need to go to priest. He's, he doesn't know me. I've never been to their church. They never, nobody ever handed me a bulletin. I don't know what that church is about. Here's what he did. I'm going back to the man who, I saw that I'm healed. I'm going back to that guy. I'm going back to him. He spent time. He stopped. He stopped talking to me. I never, your priest crossed the street. Why don't I mess with him? I'm going back to the man who took time to stop and address me. And on the way back, it got in him. Glory to God. Glory to God. Uh, I, I recall uh, uh, I went to the full gospel businessman meeting back years back. When full God, this was a man by the name of Demish Kering got started years back. And uh, this was in the 80s. And a man from our church at, at uh, Pentecost Church of God, his name was uh, Brother Bleak. That's what we call him, Brother Bleak. They had unusual names in the Pentecost Church. Mm-hmm. Brother Nehemiah, not Nehemiah, Nehemiah. 
they, they had all kinds of things. But Brother Bleak uh, trusted me and believed in me, and he said, I want to take you to a full gospel meeting, and I went. I heard a man give a testimony. Businessman, wealthy people all went to this meeting. Jimmy Shakarian was the man who gave the land and the building to Calvary Chapel in Downing. He owned, at that time, the store was called White Front. And back then, there was White Front. There was also a store called Jemco, similar to it. But White Front, and White Front went out of business. It was about as big as, as Kmart and, and some of his others, and Kohl's and like that. And so, but White Front. And he owned that whole property there. Well, you know, he, they closed White Front up. So he found a pastor that had a few hundred people. He said, I'd like to have a building for free. So he gave them that whole land. They're still there today. That was Jimmy Shakarian. And that wasn't the only thing he gave away. That man was a giving man. What man of faith. Let me tell you, sir. He had so many. He wrote a book. Some of you ought to read it. Uh, he, he wrote a book on the joy of the Lord. I have, I have the original book. He danced so much worshiping God. He'd hear the word. He was glory to God. And he'd get up. He wasn't a preacher. He was a, he was a, a saved multi, 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 multi millionaire. I mean, this guy, this guy, and this guy would get preachers. He'd have meetings, have preachers preach. And 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 there was one time Brother Hagin was preaching. He said something. He got so excited. He goes, oh, man, just like this guy, glory to God. He got up, and the stage at that meeting, because there was almost 6,000 people there, Brother Hagin teaching, he, he danced. No music. Just started dancing, shouting, glory to God, glory to God, and danced off the platform in midair. Walked, danced all over the front row above people's heads. Didn't touch one person. Didn't even know he was off. Just dancing, glory to God, glory to God. And then walked right the same distance right back on the stage. Glory to God. I mean, the place was going wild. He didn't know he did this. Well, you know, everybody else just got up and just started running all over the place. Started doing all that stuff. And, and, be, be, and the whole reason was the word got on the He heard something that got inside of him. And when that got on the inside of him, he couldn't hold himself. He, he, got, he went off of that. Just, just jumped off that platform. Now, the only other person I ever know, knew that did that happen to was Dr. Ed Dufresne. And I was in the meeting when that happened. And he, he was with Brother Copeland. And they, he got so excited off of something. He was preaching the gospel. Brother uh, Dr. Dufresne was. And he got preaching on, on faith and walked off, walked off the platform. And walked right over to the front row, midair. And was preaching in midair, and then walk back over to the platform. <laughs> That's so powerful. I mean, you, you don't need to play when you know God. You just, you just, you just, you know, you just operate around God. These are these are areas that things that 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 uh, our men of old used to do because because they just celebrated the word. They just celebrated the word. Well, this guy came back glorifying God, fell on his knees, and the Bible said he was glorified God. And he was a Samaritan. And he was a Samaritan. So we're going to find that right now what's happening today are people being born again. They're loving Jesus, getting saved, and they don't look like you, smell like you, and most of the churches have turned their back on them. And they're, walk, and they're turning their back and saying, you can't come to church here. You, you're not allowed here. Look, look who you are. Look, look, we know your past. Well, all of you got a past. That's why you need to be clean. I don't know what you realize. Before you were saved, the Bible called us all wicked. 
So all of us are wicked. With all of us with capital W. We're just wicked. And now, capital letters, we're saved. Thank God for it. Now, giving thanks. He was giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And the Bible said, and Jesus said, uh, where, now, were not the ten cleansed? He already knew it, they were cleansed. And he said, where, where are the nine? And, uh, and where, then they were not found to return and give glory to God except this foreigner. Foreigner to what? Not to the land. He was obviously there. What was he a foreigner to? The scripture says in the New Testament, Paul's writing, a foreigner to the citizen of the kingdom of God. He didn't know God. He was the only one that came back to give glory to God. You're going to find out that most, that most people that transplant themselves from church to church aren't as excited as the people who get born again and never knew God. Those that really genuinely get saved. I genuinely got saved. I was, I was genuinely saved. I mean, I, I, was, I, was, I, didn't, I, I, would, I didn't I didn't go from church to church to church for somebody to get me excited. I get, I get excited because I love Jesus. So he gave him thanks. And then he said, and then he said uh, watch this, and he gave, and, uh, and he said, uh, watch this, and were there not any, and they were not found to return to give glory to God except this foreigner, so just one. And he said to them, rise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Whoa, 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 whoa. How did he know he had faith? Because he was given the glory to God the moment he, wit- he recognized, I'm healed. Something tapped in and he turned around and he came back. And while he was walking, he was demonstrating his faith. In his thanksgiving, he was operating in faith and he was operating in thanksgiving. And when he was doing that, Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. Your faith brought you back. You're made whole. Now, what does that mean? Different than cleansed. Whole meant if you lost your nose, it's back. All of a sudden, the man, every part of his body was absolutely 100% restored. Why? Because of his faith? Yes, but because he was thankful. There's so many people today that are not thankful. They don't have a thankful attitude. Their attitude is not thankful. You got to be grateful. You may not like somebody in church, but you know what? You got to be grateful that they're in church and not in hell. And that they're here. You got to be that grateful that thank God they're here. And you got to be great. You may not know who they are. You got to be grateful they're sitting next to you, that they get they got to sit next to you. And you got to be a living testimony of excitement. I love Jesus Christ. And find some find find out what he's and he said, So rise, go your way, your faith has made you whole. No, he didn't say, let me give you all these ten steps of rules you got to do. He said, get up, go your way. The guy didn't know how to go. Go your way. And he said, "And because uh, your faith has made you well. So we see this in here. So he lifted up his eyes. As they went, they were, they were cleansed. Here's four benefits of a thankful heart. Let's close this up here. One, thankfulness gives expression to the life we have in Christ. When I'm thankful, it gives expression. I don't know him. I don't, I don't realize that. It's not enough to say, thank you. That, that, that's not sufficient enough. That, that's not sufficient enough for you to say, okay, thank you. You know, that, that's not. You got to be grateful, you know, um, and, and honor individuals. You'd be surprised how many people in the service industry, and that's in the military I'm talking about, 
that would serve you, how many people have been rude to them before you sat down? And then you sit down, and then born again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, Bible-believing, just come out of church, you know, uh, where's my toast? Uh, you know, my coffee's too cold. Give me a bit of hotter cup. Why, why did I pay for this? I pay for this. I should get it the way I want it. And and uh, we and and we don't realize that person has possibly been yelled at, and, and you have no idea what they're going through. You have no idea that you could be the answer they're looking for by just being kind and just saying something kind to them. And, and and sharing. So thankfulness gives an expression to the life that we are with us. So if you're that anointed, cold coffee shouldn't bother you. Amen? I mean, it, it shouldn't phase you. It, it, you know, you, you got to realize, it, you know, that there's a, a variety of things, logistics. She didn't cook it. He didn't cook it. There's a cook on the other side. They got it. They brought it, and they brought it out. And you have no idea that they could be on, on. They could have two jobs, and this is their second shift, just to make ends meet. That woman may have three children at home, and the husband left. You have no idea what she's doing. You have no idea. You have no no idea whatsoever. I, I remember being with a, uh, a a pastor friend of ours. He used to give out a lot of money at the table, and he. I was with him two different times, and uh, but one time we were conversing, and he looked at the wait, the, wait, the waitress was standing there, uh, and she came to take the order, and he said um, he used this word very specifically. I perceive that you you're in pain and you're hiding it. She goes, well, I'm not sick, sir. She goes, No, you're in pain. You're in pain. You're, you have a daughter. She's in the hospital, and uh, you're concerned about how you're going to pay the doctor bill. And you also need to get some medication. And your husband has left you. And uh, she, she just started crying. So he reached into his bag. He goes, so I, I was figuring, well, I was wondering why I did this today. And he goes, here's $15,000 cash. He went to the bank before he met me, and he pulled out $15,000 out of his account. He says, here's $15,000. He said, go take care of your baby. Man, when, when you start seeing that occur, that, that whole level of life, it just, it just starts to change. And she just started weeping. But see, you have to, see, you got to believe in prosperity. He's a tither. He's a giver. And, and he had the resources by which to do that with. And so he didn't treat that woman as a leper. What's wrong with you? No, he did say, I sat there and he and I wept or she wept and, you know, um, you know, and, and, and she looked at it and she goes, she goes, how much did you say? She's, she's crying. She fell on her knees. She goes, thank, she goes, thank you so much. Sir. Thank you. He, he stood up. He goes, no, this is about Jesus. And he got on his knees in that restaurant and prayed with that woman. Now, this is what he didn't do. He didn't invite her to church, his church. No, he invited her to meet Jesus Christ. She accepted Jesus Christ. Everybody thought, what's going on? She comes around when he's praying. 
and other people started getting born again. So they all got on their knees, they started praying, they worshiped God. And and this this was just a reaction. And so was was a, was it worth fifteen thousand? Yes. Now when you see three people born again, the manager and I know what to do. The whole restaurant staring at you. I mean, it's amazing. Jan and I were with Brother Jesse when that happened. Remember, we were in the restaurant, and he started to pray for the first couple. They said, could you pray for us at the bar? We were, they put us in the bar area at this beautiful restaurant. And then the other people from the bar said, could you pray for us? And Jesse and Kathy started praying for people. Just being nice. Just being nice. Just, just by being nice to people. And so uh, you see this. So thankfulness gives expression. It doesn't have to be about finances. Just be nice. Number two, thankfulness keeps me aware of the love and the blessing I have in the spirit realm. When I, when I do this, I begin to re- recognize that thankfulness keeps me aware of the love of God. When I'm thankful, I recognize how grateful God's been to me. And I should be grateful and thankful to others. Number three, thankfulness motivates me to be a giver of hope, a giver of help, a giver of mercy and a giver of grace. You, you, uh, thankfulness motivates me to be a giver of hope, a giver of help, a giver of mercy, and a giver of hope and grace. It makes me give. And the last one is this. Thankfulness removes uh, uh, and, and spares me of discouragement and helps destroy fear. When I'm thankful, it removes, it removes, it spares me. It removes as well as spares me from discouragement. You ever, you ever tried to get discouraged? Just go thank God for something. Thank, thank God for something that's gone on in your life, and you'll find out how great God is, and you'll find out how good your God is. Amen. And so, uh, uh, so we, you know, when you see that, I got a call today because uh, a few weeks back they told me. Uh, we we're you're, we're getting we have to get your father ready. Uh, my sister calls her the doctor. She went to the doctor, and uh, I had taken him to a doctor's report, a doctor, and they gave us a report. And they said, okay, your dad, we have to get him ready for hospice. Get ready for hospice. So they sent yesterday uh, uh, an individual to come uh, and uh, assess my father for hospice, and so uh, to, to and then prepare us mentally for for this, and so. Uh, now, he's 96 years old, and so uh, my sister calls me today. Um, 95? 95 years old. And so uh, when he comes, my sister calls me, Art, the, the uh, woman just, just left, and uh, she goes, guess what? They said, Dad is so far away from hospice that there's no way that they won't even apply hospice. So they, they, he said, he's too healthy. They said he's too he's too healthy for a hospice. They said he's got too many years left. This guy, this man, if he keeps going the way he's going, probably see a hundred years old. And we're and, and here the doctor saying he he you know he keeps getting ready for hospice and giving us all this negative news. And here they, hospice who deals with this all the time says, oh, nowhere near hospice. This guy this guy's got he he he's got to probably live to be a hundred, if not longer. And, and uh, so then they told my sister what to do so that uh, Medicare could come in and send in doctors and nurses 
just to check up on them. So they, they, now they've set that all up, and, and it, we don't have to pay for it. So the good thing that came out of that is that every day a different nurse, and then once a week a doctor will come in and check my dad out. Isn't that awesome? We have to pay one cent out of that. So my dad says, you've been all these people coming in here and, and sticking me with pins and, and doing stuff, and, and one of them wants to bathe me, and I don't know if I like that. Uh, you know, and so, I mean, but, you know, so with, with that being in mind, I mean, you know, so so, so the expectation, my sister and I, we, we lived in expectation, and, and so here you're living with, with this, so even though intelligent people tell you things, this doesn't mean they're always right. So so you got to go by what the Spirit of God's telling you to do. So, how, so it, it puts you aware of, so he said, uh, go thy way, your faith has made you whole. Your thanksgiving is what makes you whole. Financially, medically, in your mind, uh, relationship-wise, we've got, we've got to be able to, to, to do that. So we've got to be able to, 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 to display this love and gratitude towards everybody. We've got to be able to do this. But we have to start with a thankful heart. It starts with small things. If you don't thank God for small things, you will never be grateful for big things. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.